Hey guys, before we dive into today's episode of the Trail Trash Podcast, just wanted to give you a quick little reminder about three of the discount codes that we have going for you guys right now. The first one is Trail Trash, T-R-A-I-L-T-R-A-S-H. That one is good for 20% off your first purchase at Swiftwick and Scratch. Uh, the other one we have is with Squirrel's Nut Butter. That one is Trail Lube, one word, all caps, T-R-A-I-L-L-U-B-E. Also good for 20% off. That one is good for any purchase. Does not have to be your first one. Also wanted to remind you guys to, if you haven't already, please, 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 it does make a huge difference in the algorithm world. If you like and subscribe to our podcast, if you have not done so already, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And please feel free to find us on any social media. We're on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. So please feel free to find us on those social media platforms. Connect with us because we would love to connect with you guys just to help deepen our relationship with you guys as our listeners. Now, with all that being said, let's meet up with the boys at the Trailhead and dive into today's episode of the Trail Trash Podcast. This is the Trail Trash Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Garrett and John here with another episode of your favorite trashy podcast out there that's not full of smut. Uh, all the time, anyway, not full of smut. Trail Trash Podcast here. Here to talk about, uh, we're not 100% sure yet. We're going to dive right in and get going, though. First up on the docket is Tunnel Hill. Shout out to a friend of the show, Kara. Congrats on bouncing back from the Yeti and getting your finish to 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 end your year here. Um, what was her time? Do you know? It was 25 something, right? So just shy of a 20 of a, of a 24 hour, it was 25 and change. I think, um, we're all incredibly proud of you. We were following along pretty closely. Uh, Will, thanks for keeping us in the loop on things. Um, and yeah, just really, really proud of you to go ahead and gut it out there. Uh, so shout out to Kara there for her, for her, I wouldn't call it a redemption because she's run this one before. Well, I, that's a whole other thing. If she wants yeah. to come on and talk about it, she always has a microphone we'll give her. So uh, shout out to you, Kara, and anyone else who ran Tunnel Hill. Now, yeah, her official right time was uh, 25.42, by the way, which is a wonderful 100-mile time. That's better than any 100 miles I've ever run. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I would be happy with that. I would and, take a 25-hour 100-mile any day. <laughs> and I mean, that's uh, you know incredible turnaround going from Yeti uh, six-ish weeks ago to this you know back at yeti she unfortunately had to drop there after being in so much pain it was causing her to physically vomit and then to turn around and bounce back from that is just real gutsy and just yeah. awesome so shout out to you for being the inspirational runner for the week there so it's not a segment maybe we should start it if we do we'll call it the kara award for inspirational runner of the week there you go you have your own award on the show so <laughs> so tunnel hill Tunnel Hill takes place in southern Illinois, relatively flat course, um, and I say relatively flat because I'm from southern Indiana, and I'm actually from not too far from where that is, and when I say relatively flat, I mean almost like Murfreesboro pancake flat, um, but 
don't take don't let that go into consideration when you sign up like 100 is still 100 miles you still have to run for 100 miles whether it's flat hilly doesn't matter relatively flat course though right almost a... uh, um, one of the difficulties though is like the timing of the year it seems like it's always like that first weekend in november where it just really starts to get cold overnight mm-hmm. so you know that time when the sun starts to drop and you start i mean and it drops early too because it's around daylight where daylight saving time yep. ends yep um so the sun will drop early and it's about that time when you start to slow down and so you gotta move fast enough to generate some body warmth but you're tired and it is difficult yeah. <laughs> like i know and the I year they, yeah i think they had pretty good weather for it this year i didn't see any rain obviously no snow if it's not raining um, yeah, I think uh, Will was saying the overnight low was like 35, which is cold, but it's, it's not cold, but yeah, bad. no, no, you could, you could do that in pants and a short sleeve shirt or shorts and, you know, maybe a base layer and a shirt and a hat, gloves, anything under 40, I'm probably wearing gloves. My hands always get pretty cold. So, um, yeah, the year I ran in like 2018, you know, dipped into the teens and we've talked about that a little bit before because Jason to this day, five years later, still has a case of hypothermia from that event. <laughs> it gets worse every time he talks about it. No, so. no, what it is, is he's just a boomer. <laughs> and when you get a certain age, your blood doesn't flow as well. So you're just always cold. So <laughs> <laughs> she actually posted on her Instagram stories, um, a picture of her from 2018 and she it, 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 I'm going to exaggerate. So sorry, Kara. Next time you see me, you can slap me. But she almost kind of looked like Ralphie or not Ralphie, <laughs> Ralphie's little brother. I can't put my arms down. <laughs> a great movie. There you Which go. in a future yeah. podcast, I think it would be beneficial and productive to create a like, um, like, a, like, a, like an elimination board, like a sweet 16 of our favorite Christmas movies and narrow it down to our favorite. But All maybe right. in a later episode. I can do that. I can Tunnel Hill, man. Yeah. Yeah. So Tunnel Hill is Southern Illinois, Vienna, Illinois, I believe if I'm pronouncing it right. Vienna. Got it. So it's kind of like down here where it's Santa Fe, even though it should be Santa Fe. Yeah. So yes. and and Murray County, even though it's spelled Maury County. Mm-hmm. This is the <laughs> South. Right. Well, and side note, uh, when I ran Dark Sky 50, I came across an aid station there. And the aid station was, I think it's like Blevins Cemetery or something like that. And the sign outside of the cemetery is C-E-M-T-E-R-Y. And I said, isn't that spelled wrong? And the lady working the aid station, he goes, no, honey. Hey, we we spell things how we say them down here, and that's the cemetery. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with the logic. So, hooked on phonics. There you go. So, um, so there were a couple great things that happened at Tunnel Hill this weekend. Um, Tunnel Hill has a 50 and a hundred mile. So you can go in with the intention of running. Just go ahead. It also has a marathon too on Sunday oh, morning. Okay. Okay. So there is a marathon there as well. And I guess I didn't realize that. So it is a Boston qualifier. So if you're looking to ride a Boston qualifier on a softer kind of dirt, kind of gravelly surface, there you go. Is that a net downhill for the first 26? No. So it's actually on the Northern side where you go up the hill and back down. And okay. when we say hill, it's a very loose definition of a hill. Like, if you look at the Strava profile, it looks a lot more press, impressive than it actually is. But it's just like a low gradient for several miles. Got uh, it. Maybe, maybe you feel it a little bit if you're running really fast or if you're, like, deep into the race. You're doing your, like, second out and back out and back on that section. But by trail running standards, it's very mild. 
I'm wondering. It is a rails know... trail, so it's not that steep. Got it. I'm wondering, because you know how there's that website where if you're trying to really find a Boston qualifier race, they've got it broken down by like the percentage of finishers who can who Boston qualify at that race. I want to yeah. find that website and see if Tunnel Hill is on there and see the percentage of qualifiers at Tunnel Hill just in the marathon. So, um, but so the coolest thing, arguably the coolest thing, is the 50-mile course record and world record were shattered this weekend at Tunnel Hill. By... Yeah, and uh, we do have to note that record uh, as pertaining to the 50-mile world record. We're using this in a loose term. It's the fastest 50 miles recorded. Um, the 50-mile distance, I believe, is not recognized by the IAU for record Got purposes. It. Yeah. Got it. So Guinness isn't showing up and putting any stamps on it saying, yes, you have a world record. I mean, Guinness might, but I don't think it's recognized by the <laughs> IAU, which would be the governing body that would be over this. Sure. Sure. So what was the record? So so for, so Walmsley had the, the world best prior to this at just over four hours and fifty minutes. And where did he set that? Do you remember? That was at um that uh was that that Hoka event a few years back. Where they were really pushing the Carbon X. Yeah, that's correct. Where he, they was had, like, for yeah. The, um, he was shooting for the he was shooting for a hundred K, right? Hundred K record? Yeah, I think there is I don't remember the specifics on it, but he had to complete the hundred K to be credited with like the fifty mile um best. Got it. And that was the same applicable to Tunnel Hill. I'd have to do a little bit more research, but yeah. And I think that was the same event where he was on pace to shatter that too. And I I may I may be a little hazy here, but a runner didn't get out of the way, which is fine. I mean, you're all running the same course, it's gonna happen. And he ran into a guardrail. That that and, was the one where he set the hundred k, where where he fell like six seconds shy of the hundred k. Okay, so so different event, but same type yes. of event. Okay, yes. got it. See, see, this is why we keep you around. You keep us all in check and in line and smart, or <laughs> keep us sounding dumb and you sounding smart. However, you want to see. <laughs> I mean, maybe no. one day we'll get a. Davy Crockett on the show um, of ultra running history, and he can just put us all in the shame with his knowledge. He's I mean, I'm sure impressive with the, with the amount of stuff he just knows. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want a great podcast and you want to learn a lot about where we were and how far we've come, check out that guy's podcast, History of Ultra Running. So there you go. Um, so the the new record then is four. Was it four forty six? Do I remember that right? I was looking for it while you were talking, and I just couldn't. It's four hours, 48 minutes, and 21 seconds. So he lowered the best by about two minutes. Yeah, but two minutes. Which, I mean, That's a lot. Easy. That's a lot yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And who was it again? It was, um, was, was it an American? His name is Charlie Lawrence. Um, 28 years old, living out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, looks like he has a marathon personal best of 216, a uh, professional athlete. Nice, nice. So elevation training, there you go. Works for you, apparently. Um, Yeah, 448.21 is what he said, new 50, and he didn't say much. 
Oh, well, I guess here you go. He's calling his shot. According to his Instagram post, 448.21, new 50-mile world re- world and American record. I'm taking this shit over. So, <laughs> so does that mean he's coming for anything farther than 50, or what do you think he means by that? It's interesting. Um, it's really interesting, too, though, to think about, like, where this stands historically. Because um, according to, like, Ultra Runnings, um, Ultra Running Magazine, uh, that is, they have a list of like all-time performances for North American ultra runners. And uh, for their records, only five North Americans have ever run under five hours for the 50-mile distance. Is Walmsley four of those five now? No, he's he's one of those five. Five, five unique athletes, that is. Oh, okay. Okay, not five race times under five hours. Got it. Correct. So if I had to guess, I would say Zach Bitter is probably on that list. He is not on that list. Really? Okay. Zach, you've got some work to do. So <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it's six days at the dome or seven days at the dome, whatever that race is, uh, where he set the track. The was it the hundred mile record that he set there? Um Yeah. Um again, I'd have to do some digging, but that would probably well, I don't know. Because he ran like what, eleven twenty ish, so that's something like that. If he split that evenly, that'd be around 540, which would still be out of this top 10. Yeah, but like if you entry into this top 10 list, you would have to run at least a 509. Yeah, and but I'm wondering if, if he was to focus on the 50 mile, because, I mean, if you if you get to 50 miles and you're setting for 100, you've still got to run 50 more miles. So obviously you're not going to gun it for the first 50, knowing you have 50 more. I'm wondering if he could do that if he was to focus on the 50 i'm sure he could dude's fast um also a previous tunnel hill winner at the 100 mile so set a record there at the time i believe yeah that was the year i ran uh 20 um 2018 yeah he showed up and he ran like just a hair over 12 hours i'd say Um, it was like 1208 or something if, if i'm probably wrong I think but, it was a little bit lower than that. I think it was closer to like twelve oh one. Um he just wanted to get um, he just wanted to get done before it got too cold. Run yeah. faster and you'll get done before it gets cold. There you go, John. There's your answer. You want yeah, to avoid the cold, fair. run faster. <laughs> and I mean at the time though, it was like the fastest hundred mile ever run on a trail. Yeah. Yeah. And then Camille. Camille is probably would you say Camille is the most popular finish of that race? Because um, her time was what twelve forty six, in there, yeah, it's in the twelve forties. Yeah. yeah, she since shaved off a couple minutes off of that on uh, other courses, but yeah, it's right in there. Got it. She did that in two thousand seventeen. I feel like she was like the first like real big name that came there to run. Uh, I mean, other people had had some stellar performances there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really interesting too. Tunnel Hill has this way of, I mean, a lot of elite athletes go there to run really fast, but it's also a place where some just real, just who are they type people have come and just done some really amazing things. Well, like Tag. Like, um, like um, Mike Bialik, um, yeah. who was in Minnesota. He had like four wins there, I want to say, but all of them were like within like five minutes of each other around the 13 hour mark. And we kind of talk super consistent, only runs runs like two ultras a year. And right. I'm wondering 
we kind of talked about it before, and we think there is a purse at this race, correct? At Tunnel Hill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. It states it all on ultra side-up. Like, there's incentives for running a world record, the best on trail, you know, both men's and women's categories and, like, Mm -hmm. uh, age group records, so. But if you don't set a record and you win, do you? is there purse money for the winner regardless of your finish time? I think it's like 1,200 or so, right? 1,250, something like that? I can pull it up here real quick. While you're doing that, here's my here's my thought. If you only get, and it's kind of like uh, Strolling Jim. Strolling Jim has a fantastic purse if you set a record. So I'm wondering if people don't show up to Tunnel Hill because for the same reason as Strolling Jim, you have to set a record in order to get the money. No, it's not like that. Strolling Jim is different in that every year that the record isn't set, more money is added to mm-hmm. the to the purse. But um, who's that little RD for Strolling Jim? <laughs> <laughs> of I mean, course, Liz, of course. Yeah. No, of course. There's a catch on on a race of his, right? No. Um, there's, so there's prize money if... for uh, so there's prize money for the course record, a world best. Um, top three runners, it looks like, in the male and fe- male and female in the hundred mile, um, and then incentive bonuses if you run under a certain time for both genders. Okay, but I'm wondering if more people would go to that race if the purse was higher. You know, I'm, I'm wondering because it's it's a flat hundred. It's not the most difficult 100. 100 miles is still 100 miles. You still have to run every step of 100 miles. But as far as like technically demanding, it's it's not very technically demanding. Right. Even from like a logistics standpoint, you have, it's pretty, it's, it, the aid stations are spaced out pretty well and there's a lot of crewing opportunities, mm-hmm. especially if you're running really fast. Yeah. But so as far as hundreds go, it's a very welcoming, I'll, I'll put it that way. It's a very welcoming first hundred um or if you just kind of need like a tune-up race kind of thing i don't know who would use 100 as a tune-up race i'm just kind of just saying i guess um but i'm wondering if that purse was more if more high profile athletes like what do we think jim walmsley could throw down at tunnel hill like if he was to show up could you imagine like him say this guy uh mr lawrence decides to pursue the hundred and you've got all these speed demons. I mean, Tunnel Hill all of a sudden blows up, you know. Well, see, that's the interesting thing, too, is, like, you see, like, great performances like that. You see, like, some of the best ones when there's people there to, like, push each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like, there was a year where, there was that year where, um, it was after Taggart's first year there. It was the first year Phil Young ran, and they had Phil... Taggart and Jacob Moss all run under 13 hours and for what may have been like the only time we've ever seen that at the 100 mile distance three people running under 13 13 hours could you imagine talking to your friends and being like yeah I took third at this race and I still ran it in under 13 hours and I mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like a world-class performance right that's like the Olympics 400 meter dash or 40 or whatever it is you know you get all your stud athletes and man you're fast but yeah someone was just a little bit faster so Phil Young was second this year I do believe right did I read that right that is correct okay um so we'll just go ahead Elav Olsen 
was the winner of the hundred mile. We're we're, we're on to the hundred mile here. Eleven well, twenty six to the hundred mile. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was gonna say, you know, there there is several great performances too, like. Raj Paul Panu uh, finished in 502, which again, that's your top 10 list as far as North American performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the uh, the women's race, uh, we had two women run under, under six hours, which we put them in the top 10 list all time for women, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think Des Linden could throw down at this race? That's an interesting thought, but like uh, Allison Mercer was one of those women. Uh, I think she was the top American at I remember correctly. And nice. she did set an age that sounds group. right. Yeah. She set an age group world record for that distance. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because I feel like 50 miles, you can get a lot of like, you know, fast marathoners who could train up to that distance. Well, I mean, she trained for the 50K. Now, granted, if you're running in, in sidebar, if anyone's wanting to know what they're like if it was like, hey, I've run a marathon, you know, what training plan do I need to run a 50K? Just take your favorite marathon training plan and add an extra mile to your weekend long runs. You'll be fine. So if you can run a marathon, odds are you could probably squeak out the 50K and be just fine. Going marathon to 50 is going to be a whole lot different. Yeah, but I would stipulate, too, that you should be aware of the type of course you're running. Like if you're sure. a road marathoner, a serial road marathoner, and that's all you've ever ran, and you're going into like a trail 50k that has like five or six thousand feet of elevation gain that's going to be it's going to hurt <laughs> yeah that's definitely going to be a there's definitely going to be a learning curve there uh train for the terrain mm-hmm. and definitely think more about nutrition sure sure there is a learning curve if you're a road marathoner seeking out your net downhill boston qualifier and then jumping into say stump jump so you you're going to learn real quick there's a bit there's a bit of a difference but if you're going from boston qualifying chasing to a rails to trails you should be okay with your favorite marathon training plan add a couple miles on your week you'll be okay that that and that the nutrition aspect too that is yeah. such a lot much larger factor into longer distances yeah um did we have while we're while we're briefly talking about marathon i know they have the marathon but i didn't here it's right here so the winner jason teetloff from clarksville hey look at that a local guy 301 and then just over a minute behind him sean sarver at 302 and 322 ross lampert from benton kentucky um were the marathon men i guess yeah the marathon win men um so the 50 mile, Charlie Lawrence, 448.21. Uh, you mentioned Rosh Paul and then Johan. I'm assuming Johan because he's from Sweden. Uh, probably not Johan. So I'm going to go with Johan. Um, yeah, man, 446. Like that's just mind boggling. Too, since you have mentioned the top uh, men in the marathon, to be fair, our top women for that, that race were Rachel Reynolds in 336, Lindsay Atkins and Brittany Grove. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't. I was kind of hoping you would. Um, I just didn't want to hit view all and get lost on all this other information. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I don't like about this particular website where these results are. I do wish it was broken down, like there were subcategories. Yeah, I, wish, I wish the filters on it were a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, but so thanks for bringing that up. I do. I do want to bring to recognize winners on both sides. So thank you for doing that. So um, yeah, four forty eight, man. 
That's so, so the thing about that too, all right, so what what is that average pace? It's like five minutes and 46 seconds per mile. How many people you think, you know, just even in ultras could go out and run like a sub six minute mile, just one not right me. now? Nah, not me. I bet you could. I really think you I, could. I bet right I could now. run a sub six minute mile. It would one be time. very painful. Yeah, but I think you could very, do it one painful. time. No. <laughs> Me? No, there's no way I'm doing that right now. So, so one thing, so one thing I used to like to do was on, uh, I believe it's May 4th. That's the anniversary of Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile for the first time ever. Right. In like 1954, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yes. So for a few years in a row, I like to go out on that day and just run a mile and see what I can do just for the mile. Because it's like such a rarely run like distance for like anyone just to like time themselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Fastest mile of the week kind of thing. There's another podcast I listen to. They used to do a fastest mile of the week. They had like a Strava group and everyone would run just one mile. Like you couldn't, <laughs> I think that's what the rules were, where you couldn't run like a 5k. You had to set, like it was your fastest mile. You had to go out and run just, just one mile. mile. Yeah. I like that. That's no. fine. Yeah, yeah, I feel like was... the mile is like an underappreciated distance. Um, well, because a mile is not terribly far. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's really not. Yeah. Um, but to run it go... fast, God, does it hurt? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe we'll do that. You'll win every time fastest mile of the week. We'll just we'll go ahead and name it the John Horner Award, since apparently I'm in the mood for naming awards this week. Uh, I don't know the John Horner get, uh... fastest mile of the week. <laughs> I don't know. If we get Will in on that, we'd be in trouble. Look, hey, you just brought him in. He's going to say something now. <laughs> I hope he does. He would, he would go out and run a mile, and one of us maybe just by chance would run a little bit hair, like a hair faster. He'd oh, probably get pissed off and go out there and just like bury us. Dude, he would, he is, <laughs> and, and I love Will to death, but this is one thing that I like. He would run it on like a Sunday at like 9 30. Just to be like, yeah, no one's going to beat this. You're going to see it at 536 <laughs> after his mile. Go out and run yours at 540. He's going to check his phone at like 1130 and just make that motherfucker. And then he's going <laughs> to go out <laughs> and run a mile at the very last time. Just to be like, yeah, there you go. I win. <laughs> And props to him for doing that because, like, that's it, it, just that's the kind of games we play. So, the mind games we play. Um, but yeah, so Will John's throwing down the challenge that he's going to run a mile faster than you. So, I'm not going to run a mile faster than you, Will, if you're listening <laughs> to this. I don't know. You interpret however what he said, however you want to interpret it, and I and I will we watch can, from the sidelines. We can, we can tee off a hellbender all you want, but I, I don't. I'm not in for the mile. <laughs> So, um, now before we started recording, you mentioned something that was, uh, interesting. So we're looking at the hundred mile finish and that was 11, 26, 19 Elav Olsen, another Swede. That's a six fifty two average pace. And what was the phrase that you said before we started recording about that's a Boston qualifier pace. Four times over. Yeah. That's or a like Boston the, qualifier marathon time four times over. 
Yeah, for like the strictest Boston qualifying standards, which would be like men in like our age group, at least for like another year or two. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, we would we would have to run like a three hour marathon, pretty much, and it would be like running like four three hour marathons in a row, but faster. Yeah. I well, the Boston qualifier in in. We've kind of joked about this in our chat. The only way that I would ever Boston qualify Jason too would be if we age grouped in. Because I, I ain't running a 302. And even if you run the qualifying time, you have to, it's almost like there's a curve. I don't know how it works, but like they, they set the qualifying time. You'll know more about this. They set the qualifying time and then you run that time and all of a sudden you're still not qualified because there's like because a curve. so many people met that qualifier that they have to set it at a slightly faster time. How demoralizing would that be? You get your Boston qualifier that you've chased for five years, let's say, and you finally get it just to find out I was three minutes too slow because of how they readjusted. And see, I feel the same way about Boston that I do about states. It's like, man, I think that'd be fun to like go do like maybe once, but it's not something that is like the end all be all of my existence. So when you get into states and you DNF before the 50 mile mark, are you like, if you're saying one and done, are you never going back? No, you got to finish that. Okay. So pending your finish. You would not go back. It, it, debatable. I mean, it's never say never. It just mm -hmm. for me, it's like just like so many like core races that I would like to ride. I just well, and and especially around that time, like well, I mean, you've got Hard Rock right after it, which multiple people do both. Props to them. I would never, but either way, <laughs> but if you like. There are other races that you could shoot for, assuming you finish states, you get in, you finish. There are other races that you could then focus on. And I agree with you there. Unless you unless you're really shooting for that sub twenty-four buckle and you miss it by like a minute, or we'll say you miss it by something that you could reasonably shave time off for, you almost gotta go back and get it. Yeah, but if, I mean, you're if like you are me, one of those people who likes going out to states every year, is motivated by that. That's cool. That's that's just not where. That's just not me. Yeah, yeah. But me, I'll never probably be a sub twenty four. I'm just gonna say it like it is. I'm not that fast. I'm cool with whatever buckle I can get. It doesn't have to be the shiny gold <laughs> one. I'm good. Just let me finish it. So. <laughs> no. Um. So what else about tunnel? Because I've never run. And when at the start of the year, when I was kind of mapping out the races that I had hoped that I would be able to run tunnel Hill was one that I had circled um, tunnel Hill and Pinhoti were the two that I was thinking about. Okay. I like fall racing better than spring racing. Um, so those were the two that I had circled and obviously did not do either one. Um, but yeah, so what else is it about tunnel Hill? Cause you've been how many times? Just once, just once. Okay. But have you ever gone up? Because a lot of people from Middle Tennessee go because it's not terribly far. No, nah, from where we lived in Murfreesboro, it was a few hours. Yeah. Um, and and you can go, and you've got the 50, you've got the 100, you've got the marathon. So you can go, and you can get a bunch of people that are doing different races. But so I, have you ever gone up to help or crew or anything like that, or you've just been the one time you ran and that was it? Yeah, the one time I ran was the only time I've been up there. Okay. 
so it's all it's all like that was a fun year because that that year you know we had a lot of people from marcus bro who were headed up here and we just all kind of it was a good time yeah there were a lot of people it was you jason carol was there did will go with you guys Kara wasn't there that year she went the year prior to that 17 Uh, will wasn't there but a lot of like the uh the cows were there okay um yeah, and when you get a bunch of people like that that you know that you see at the start line, it's it's a little different. It's a lot more fun. So, but is this just like the Yeti course, which is all crushed gravel, or is there anything uh, that's kind of off trail? In as far as surface type, yeah, it's the same surface type, kind of like that okay. crushed gravel, dirt yeah. kind of see, surface. And I think the the fifty mile winner, I think he was wearing road shoes in the picture yeah. he posted. They look like Nikes. Uh huh. Oh, so he's probably got the alphas or the whatever they are. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those fast people shoes that I'll never wear. Um, cool. Um, but so what else before we kind of? Oh, what was the thing that we had mentioned that we? Oh, how do you feel? Because Tunnel Hill gives you this option. So we were looking at the results, and you've got um a total of thirteen DNFs at the hundred mile distance. What Tunnel Hill does, though, is it gives you the option of, okay, I ran the hundred, or I was, I signed up for the hundred, I made it past fifty, but I DNF'd at the hundred k mark. But they're going to give me credit for the fifty mile finish. Does that mean that you? I don't want to phrase this. Does that mean you DNF'd the hundred with a star or an asterisk? Or you finish the 50 with an asterisk. <laughs> because, and, and I bring that up, because that's what you did. Right? You signed up for the 100 and... Dropped out at the 50. Dropped yeah. out at the 50? Yeah. That so was... how do you personally feel that... that Because your ultra sign-up is just going to show that you, you finished the 50. And you're going to get credit for the 50-mile finish. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't care about ultra sign-up scores, <laughs> but does that factor into your ultra sign-up score? It factors in for the 50-mile finish. All right. But so should your – I don't want to say tainted because that is definitely not the right word. Um, it's not like you cheated and ran the marathon and went farther. It's not like it, – or signed up for the marathon and ran farther. Like it's not like you're – you're not Barry Bonds and you're taking steroids kind of thing. So it's not tainting, but does that leave a sour taste in your mouth at all? Like, man, they gave me credit for this 50 mile finish and I really did not. I signed up to go farther. Yeah. And uh, we do have to stipulate too, um, since we're talking about how that works. Uh, If you do start the hundred mile race, but then tap out at the 50 and elect to receive credit for a 50 mile finish. It will not count towards any placement as far as like awards or anything of that nature. Right. So if I'm oh, one yeah. of these like blazers who goes out and runs, starts the hundred mile race and hits the 50 mile split, like say like five and a half hours. And I'm like, you know, on the podium, I can't stop there and receive like a second or third place award. It, it doesn't go towards that. You, you get credit for the finish, but no award. Fair enough. Um, Which is fair. Very fair. But yeah, I'll admit, like I've had some mixed feelings about, about how I feel about that sometimes. But 
I mean, ultimately, it's the rules of the race. The race is you can do it. So, I mean, it is what it is. Sure. Uh, I just, yes, I, I did personally... start that. That was my first step at 100. So I did start with the intent to try to get to 100, but I was well over my head. Like, well over my head. Aren't, aren't we all for our first 100? Aren't we all well over our head and have no fucking clue what we're doing? Like... Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably... I probably ended up better for having stopped there and said, okay, this is over my head, but I now know better how to manage myself going into my next 100 attempts. And that's one thing I do like about Tunnel Hill. If you look at their website, you know, Steve Durbin says, well, how fast do you want to run 100 miles? And that can mean anything. Like if I want to blaze it up here in sub 12 hours, I can, if I want to take all like 32 hours to finish, I can. Um, again, it's not a very technically demanding course. It's not a very difficult course, logistically speaking. So how fast you run is entirely up to you. Um, you can go out there and set a world record or, you know, if this is your first stab at a hundred, it's a great way to like, Dip your toes into the distance without doing something just very um, technically demanding as far as the course, where you have to be like super self-sufficient and have a bunch of other variables to think about. I think the cutoff is 30 hours. 30 hours? And the only reason I say that is because I'm looking at the last page on the results, and the last finish is 29.51. And I don't see anyone over... 30 hours and i'd like to think if it's a 32 hour cutoff i'm probably going to have more finishers yeah i think it's the hour limit i just looked okay okay but still 30 hours is very generous for that it is very generous for that type of course yeah yeah um yeah i don't know if i signed up for the 100 and got credit for a 50 how that would make me feel like if I were, okay, so this is the way I would score it. If I were looking at my personal record at the 100 mile distance all time. In a chess match, if you have two players tie one game, they each get a half a point. If you win a game, you get a point. If you lose a game, the other player gets a point. But if you tie, you get a half point. And that's how I would score it if I were uh, looking at my personal record. I get a half point. There you go. So you'd give you'd give yourself some credit, but you'd put a little star next to it and be like, man, I signed up for the hundred. It's cool they gave me credit for a fifty, because at least you know, I you know, I I don't know. Yeah. I probably you, you do get a belt buckle for finishing the fifty. I know that's debatable in some circles, but what's hey, your man. take? What's your take on it? <laughs> Would you what did you do with the fifty buckle? I mean, I definitely wore it. It's a nice buckle, it's pretty. Oh well, there you go. There you go. So I don't know but, what I, but from a traditional standpoint, it probably should be reserved for the hundred mile distance. But I mean, I'm not going to split hairs on it. If a race wants to issue a buckle for the 50 mile distance, so be it. If you're proud of that 50 mile buckle, you should be. <laughs> sure. Well, 50 miles is longer than a lot of people will ever run in their life. So yeah, <laughs> flaunt it, wear it, wear it to the office the next day. Heck yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm okay with races. 50 miles and farther giving buckles. I do like that some races will do different buckles for different times. You've got sub 24 buckles and 100 mile buckles. That's fine. I have no quarrels with that. Uh, Black Canyon does 100K buckles. 
Um, so maybe the hundred K and farther you get a buckle. I'm okay with 50 mile races, giving buckles. That's pretty cool. It's an ultra. You get a buckle for running an ultra. I don't think 50 K should give buckles. That's that's, <laughs> I don't care about that one way or the other, but, but then again, an ultra is, is anything longer than a marathon. Technically, if ultras give buckles, then there you go. Um, I do think it's cool when races do something, uh, different than a buckle. Like you've got the rim runner, um, <laughs> which is not the rim to river back to Ridge to the river again. No, there's the rim runner trail races, which are down in Sewanee. Um, I don't think, yeah, yeah. I don't think they do buckles for shorter than the hundred. Um, but they do those, um, are they whiskey barrel awards? Like they're, they're, finisher award is pretty cool it's it's different it's unique and i don't because i'm not gonna wear a medal like i'm not well i take that back if i finished boston i'm wearing that that the whole next week i'm wearing my my boston medal the whole next week at the office um but like yeah like you definitely gotta wear that around like the city out and you're walking around afterwards like i remember uh when i went to new york it just so happened to be um the weekend the New York Marathon was there and mm-hmm. I'd completely forgotten about it. This is why I was still pretty new to running. And so like I was walking around downtown New York that night and uh you know I saw people wearing their medals. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. And I would do that. You run a big marathon like that. Heck yeah. Right where which is also kind of funny because like you New York has like a bunch of like you know retail stores and stuff downtown. It's like why is there like a lion coming out of the sketches store? That's weird. And then come out to find out <laughs> later that uh Kara Goucher and Meb Kofleski were both there. It's like, oh that's why. And met Meb Kofleski, but you know, I'm just here out of the loop and everything. <laughs> right. Well, that ship is sailing. You know, so. Um but yeah, like so if you're a fifty mile race, go ahead and give a buckle. If you don't, that's okay too. 100 or the 50k just do something different i just don't like medals i'm not gonna wear a medal like from a 50k trail race i'm sorry give me a plaque or something like a like a piece of some sort of memorabilia that's cool give me a desk piece i'd be fine with that you give me something to to put on my desk at my office that's cool um but i think 50 miles you can get a nice little um stand for your belt buckle put that on display see you you know what you know all i have to do is run rim to river three times and finish it and i get one so. well, then, well then you have like two buckles to put on display right no um but yeah that would like so i think it would be cool if like the 50k and some of your 50 miles did a different take uh on on finisher awards that would be interesting i guess um and that i would be okay with like if if i signed up for the 100 and dropped at the dropped anywhere past 50 and took credit for the 50 I guess what I would do is if I was the RD be like, Hey, the buckles are reserved for 50 mile finishers who signed up for the 50. Here's what I'm giving you instead. Here's this. And and it'd be kind of cool if you could bring in like a local artist maybe and say, Hey, can you, we're going to commission this piece from you draw like the famous tunnel picture, but do it on like a canvas piece and say, you know, 50 mile finisher, something along those lines. That would be very unique, very cool. Uh, and I'd be, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Um, I just, 
I don't like wearing the buckles anyway. I kind of display them as art. Um, but but yeah, I would. I mean, I like I wearing them around every now and then. But I mean, the thing about the fifty mile buckle, though, too, just to advocate for someone who received a fifty mile buckle, say like <laughs> for, they, for your brethren. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so for someone who like you know started the hundred but dropped down to the fifty and got the buckle, it's like it's kind of a cool thing. Like, well, here's the fifty. Now imagine what it's going to be like when you get one that says a hundred on it. And so, what if what if the buckle <laughs> was the 100 mile buckle but the 100 was scratched out and a 50 was put in its place like <laughs> like yeah you got a buckle but we're gonna let everyone know you signed up for the 100 and scratched it like you got the 50 instead <laughs> but, I mean, but i do i do see where you're coming from with like man i got this for running the 50 man that 100 one's gotta be sick i gotta come back and get that <laughs> Like I understand that, and I, and I I I agree with you on that. And because I kind of took the traditional, I don't want to say traditional because I don't know if it's traditional or not. But the the typical runner's approach, you start with the five k. Like, man, I ran that. Well, what's next? The ten k. Well, okay, I can do that. And well, what's next? You do have a couple races that do a fifteen k, which is a very odd distance. Nine point three miles is very, it's a very odd distance. But so if you could, you know, you take the logical step to the to the half and then the full and then you jump up to the 50K, the 50 mile, the 100K. That's that's essentially my whole like my whole running career has been just what's next. Um, yeah, so it, it would. Yeah, I, I do understand where you're coming from with like, man, what's next? You know, you've got the 50 buckle. What's the 100 buckles next? So. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess circling back to like, you know, the Tunnel Hill actual results here. I think it's interesting though here, uh, another thing about Elon Olson's time, um, his uh, 11.26, right? Um, I jumped away to look at the last, but it was... Yeah, 11.26. Yeah. Is where that stands historically speaking which is two hours faster than the winner last year which was phil young at 1332 now last year was a very different race that was a snow race anyway sorry didn't mean to cut you off i was just looking at the at the wrong results <laughs> i mean historically speaking i mean not just at this at this course but like all time like how many people have run faster than that that you can name that uh, me no one but then again, I'm not I'm not the resident historian. <laughs> so so we have the current world, world record holder, right? Alexander Sorkin. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he's Lithuanian. So he he holds the, he holds the fastest in ten hours and fifty, which is just still distinct, uh, unbelievable, just unbelievably fast. <laughs> like my best ten k pace fast <laughs> for hundred miles. Um, so we have him. We have. Zach Bitter, who holds the American record in eleven nineteen. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember where Giannis Kouros where his uh best hundred mile time was. I want to say it was in the eleven twenties, but I but for some reason data for like um, across nationalities for like ultra running, it's just it's just hard to find online. I don't think it exists. 
I don't I don't know as though there's like a concise site of I mean you've got the FKT site, but these aren't FKTs. And like but I don't you know, know Ultra Running Magazine, we have like they're all timeless, but that's limited to North Americans. Yeah, which is we can talk about that. Well, we kind of did talk about that in a previous episode, how we feel about the ultra running runner of the year awards. So Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anyone outside of Zach Bitter that's going to run faster than that. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess North American. I don't know anyone in the country that's going to run faster than Zach Bitter. I'm sure that, and I think that that would be interesting if you were to put Zach and Jim on a on a track and say, "Go run a hundred miles, winner, winner take all." So. Well, see, technically, Jim doesn't isn't even in the top ten for best uh, or top American times all time, which still just kind of blows my mind because we just. But but that's the thing. He's never company, run, like he's never run like you know a fast, fast um, course. Just right. I mean, his fast time for the hundred mile distance, which yeah. he could easily do. Yeah, I mean, like all of his stuff has been. UTMB, the race he ran over in China, Western States, like all of these a little more technical races uh, than than Tunnel Hill or some of these other, you know, flatter rails to trails kind of races. But I because he's a former track athlete. And I don't know as though a track like you can take the Tennessee out of the or you can take the boy out of the Tennessee, but you can't take the Tennessee out of the boy kind of thing. I don't know if you can take the track athlete out of his DNA but so if you could put like all of these fast runners, because he's, I mean, we were talking about the Hoka events. Um, he can run flat and fast. He just, I guess, chooses not to, right? But if you were to put him and Zach at six days, seven days at the Dome, two weeks at the Dome, I don't know whatever the name of the race is. Uh, six where days it's, in the Dome. Yeah, where it's a, a track event and just be like, winner takes all, here's 5,000 bucks go run 100 miles as fast as you can. But do you think you would do better on a track surface than, say, like a road or like a um, rails-to-trail type surface? Well, I was trying to think of maybe a way that you could make it as even as possible. So in, in a dome, you're climate-controlled. Everyone's running at 68 degrees or whatever the temperature is. I don't know. You're Everyone's running at that. You're not, oh, well, I was in this exposed part of this trail in the heat of the day when he was three miles behind me and some shade and you I, I don't know I'm just trying to make it as level and even as you can and say all things can like everything's even everyone you you bring your own supplies obviously but it'd be interesting I I, I really think Jim and I kind of Ultra running as a whole kind of puts him on this pedestal. So I will say I put him on this pedestal along with a lot of other people. Like Jim is just God in our sport. He he and Killian and Francois are like the Trinity in ultra running. Like those three are, are supreme. Um, but I just, I, th I think he, I really think he would be just fine. I, I don't know as though he'd enjoy it because he just, based, based on what he historically signs up for, they're not flat and fast races. Um but um, well, I mean, look at his when he tried to ball, uh, when he tried to, to be on the Olympic team. Uh, was that Houston that he tried that at? I believe that was Atlanta. Who? Are you talking about the half marathon? 
I used well, to qualify for the trials. Yes, I think it was the half. Yeah, yeah, Houston. Okay, so he, I mean, he's shown that he can do it, and I oh, feel yeah. like if you if you put him on a track, I, I, it'd be interesting. I'd, t- I would tune in, and I'm sure a lot of other people would. Like I tuned into both of his Hoka events when they were trying to set records there, which those were really well done, by the way. Um, Eric Sensman does a great job commentating. And kind of going into commentating and kind of where ultra running is going, you've got some great current athletes that make great commentators. Eric Sensman's one, Dylan Bowman's one. Um, yeah, I know that uh, Corinne Malcolm do. Yeah, Corinne. Those, yeah, uh, with states. Like states, yeah. Yeah, Aravipa and the coverage that they offer, Billy Yang and the coverage that he can bring. There's a market for this, and I want them to continue to tap into this. Um, I think it would be great if states got the same kind of coverage that UTMB does. Like, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. And then you can... I think they're on the way to it. They just haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. And And I think that's their goal is to make states like UTMB... Hopefully UTMB does not come in and try to associate themselves with states, i.e. Oh, man, could you imagine the uh, uproar (laughs) over that? Could you imagine if it was Western States sponsored or uh, by UTMB? Man, man, people, (laughs) I think people would actually riot if that happened. Hey, we may get into states that way if no one else signs up. There we go. That's our entry. UTMB, come by states. Come on. Go Let me run it. You can just go run the Western States course outside of that. It wouldn't have to be a race. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, hey, we brought it up. Let's go down this hole a little bit. Did uh, you read? Before we go there, okay. let's, let's just finish out the results from Tunnel Hill since we're, since we're, since we're talking about that. Thanks so for keeping me on the tracks tonight. Clearly, I can't keep myself on the track. So, thanks <laughs> for keeping me on the tracks tonight. <laughs> so, top three men, uh, obviously, we talked about Eli Olsen in 11.26. Then uh, Phil Young finished about an hour behind him in 12.27. Followed by Michael. Um, oh man, I'm gonna pull. I would Jason say Quinnell. I would say it's a silent S. I would say Quinnell. Okay. Because uh, I don't think it's Queso. I don't think it's Kesnell. I would say Ken Quine, uh, Quinnell. But yeah. Then for the women, um, let's see. Who do we have? We have. Um... Let me see. Division female. Yeah. Do I see? Are we looking the same? Micah Morgan. Uh-huh. In 1514. Okay. Yep. And then April Wu from Louisville. Look at that. Alabama showing up and Amelia Driscoll rounding out your top three. Two from Alabama and one from Kentucky. And there you go. Um 1514, 1545, and 1803, respectively, for those three women. So they're great um, strong women. I wish I could run as fast as y'all. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen. That's that's fast. Well and <laughs> I don't want to say their ages, but they're not they're not young ladies throwing down these times. Like well, of see, that's the... interesting too. Like we've seen like even like Alexander Sorkin is in his early forties right now, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. But of the of the top five females, only one of them is under forty. You've got two 40-year-olds, two 45-year-olds, and a 28-year-old. 
so shout out to the what's um man i hope they don't hear this because they're gonna be mad if i call them masters what's the age limit for masters so masters begins at age 40 so you've got four of the top five that are masters division that are that well the top four were all under 40 fifth place happened to be 28 so you've got four of your top five finishers all 40 and older and i think that's one of the interesting things about ultra running as a whole you see a lot of older individuals almost like you have to age into this sport where the older you are the better you are not necessarily because you know you've you've um you're winning your master's division I mean, clearly yeah. they're not, but... I mean, I feel like that's been true historically, but in the past several years, we've seen, like, an influx of, like, young guns, so to speak, like uh, Charlie Lawrence over there, mm-hmm. ripped off that 448. But, yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe it gives me a little bit of hope that by the time I hit the Masters division, <laughs> I will have figured out how to properly pace the 100-mile, because who really knows how to do that anyway? Right. Right. And maybe that's it. Maybe the older you get, the more you figured it out. Then like I have run 1700 milers and <laughs> this is what works. Like I finally nailed it down. Um, but it does seem that way. Like you have a lot of 30 and older high profile athletes in this sport. Minus your, you know, you've got your standouts. You've got uh, Mr. Lawrence and some other ones. But, I mean, Courtney's over 30. Camille's over over 30. Jim's over 30. I 30 think. Over 30 is not old, by the way. Tell my knees. I'm 35. Tell my knees that they're not old. Okay? <laughs> I can tell you when it's going to rain because my knees let me know. Like, <laughs> Wait, are you really 35 now? I am really 35. Uh-huh. As of less than a month ago. Yes, as of the end of October, I I am now. Look, it was a little hard the other day because most of the time when you're filling out like doctor's things or, or whatever, or like when you're filling out like surveys and things like that, they have your brackets. And I'm officially in the 35 to 44 bracket. Well, see, OK, so since we're talking about like age divisions and Ryan, see, that's called pre-masters. Look at that. Look at that. I'm I'm finally in a bracket where I may have a chance at some sort of age Pre- group. Masters. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm only a few months behind you, so I can't joke about it. <laughs> well, you you can in a couple in a couple months. So um yeah, man. I just anything else about Tunnel Hill that we kind of need to go. I mean the, first off, that was the only race I know of this weekend at the ultra distance. So it's kind of why we're spending a little more time on it, but I don't, I don't think there's anything. I think Let's we're kind of... spending time on just based off of the performances we've seen there and have seen there over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, locally we have like Upchuck, which is a fantastic race outside of the Chattanooga area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I highly recommend that to anyone as long as you're comfortable with like a low key, no frills, like, two-ish eight stations on a 50k course type race is that a bad beard event uh, i don't know for sure i mean i almost feel like every chattanooga race is but is bad beard yeah 
It sure seems that way. <laughs> um. Yeah, just yeah, it is what it is, I guess. So hold on, let me. I just want to pull it up. Kara was thirty fourth, by the way, amongst women. So nice. Yeah, uh, just wanted to give her one one last little shout out. So, um. Yeah, so what you got going on this week? What's the what's the upcoming week hold now that you've got absolutely nothing on the calendar for the rest of the year? You got a turkey trot coming up? Yeah, I mean, last week, you know, just really just recovering. I slept so much this weekend. It was fantastic. I'm actually starting to feel a little bit recovered from uh, Rim to River uh, this week. You know, just a little bit more activity, activity uh, just some walking, really. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I might throw a tricky trot in there. It just kind of depends on what I want to do on Thanksgiving. Maybe I'll just wake up and go somewhere up in the mountains. I don't know. If you come over uh, and visit your family, there's the turkey <laughs> burn in Spring Hill. I did run the turkey burn one time. So, I think uh, they dropped the, they don't have the marathon anymore. I think they have just the 5K, 10K, and the half, I think is all they have. I don't think they ever had a marathon. I think it just went up to the half. Well, they did the first year. Well, they tried to have it the first year. No, I, I ran it the first year. Oh, I think, like I said, I think they were trying. I just don't know if they had enough interest because oh. it was toted as the turkey burn, and there was the marathon when they, like I said, they they tried to get it. I don't know if maybe it was a logistics thing and they couldn't get enough police officers or the road. I I don't know, but yeah, um, but I think they're just five k, ten k, and a half now. Is that? I think so. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll run a turkey trot. Maybe I'll just go from the mountains. I don't know. I'll... If I run a turkey trot, I'll have to find my Swift Lake turkey socks. Shout oh, out Swift Lake. Uh, use promo code Trail Trash get twenty percent off. They're fantastic socks. You're not just saying that. So, uh, I'm literally wearing the Maxis right now. <laughs> I'm wearing my Swifties right now too. Nice. Yeah. This uh, the Maxis. Yeah, talking are about my... uh, talking about Chattanooga races. I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to drop into like the one of the Lookout Mountain races. They have a 10k, 18 mile, and 50 mile. I'd probably Opt for the 18 mile. That's a fine sub ultra distance. Mm-hmm. Um, along a lot of, if anyone's familiar with like the Big Daddy course around Lookout Mountain, it's uh, along a lot of those same trails. That's a fun loop, the Big Daddy loop. That's a fun loop. Yeah, like yeah, like I've run that eight. The course has changed a little bit over the years, but that 18 to 20 ish mile in some years, uh, I've run that three times in the past. It's 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 really fun. You can run it really mm-hmm. fast. It's very runnable. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, some big climbs up towards the end, but it's it's fine. There you go. Oh. I am not doing a turkey trot this year. I'm just trying to get back into running. So we'll right. figure that out. Uh, run the mountain. No, I just man, I can't even <laughs> consistently run of any kind. Well, and then so in and then like three weeks ago I go to try and a car blows through a stop sign and I got to jump off the road and I can't walk for two weeks. So That's um, what's going on with that right now? I don't know, man. Like I haven't, I think the bruising is finally gone. Um, finally, but I, I, I don't know. Like if I still bend my foot in some certain directions, I'm still like, man, that's, that's still tender. So I, I don't know. Maybe I need to get Jason's podiatrist phone number from him and go, make a joint visit maybe we'll split the copay or something i don't know um but yeah i don't i don't know and then we go to we've got an upcoming trip we'll be gone for five days and i'm not going to run there um 
Yeah, where are you going? Universal Studios. So I'll get my steps in at least. <laughs> so yeah. Um yeah, so we're going there. We fly out Friday and we'll be back on a Wednesday. Um but yeah, so you know I'm almost at the point where I'm just washing the year and just saying, hey, just get back to basics, figure it out, start from the ground up all over again, and just rebuild. I think that's the point I'm at right now. Yeah. Which, and and that's, I'm going to justify it to myself. That's not entirely bad. Yeah. To kind of start over from scratch. And maybe by doing so, I don't want to say I'm burnt out because I'm not. But maybe I rediscover some sort of newfound passion. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, I've got at least I've got at least one more race I have to fin I have to do. I gotta go back and gotta get my redemption next year. Yeah, and I owe you some uh, pacing miles at Hellbender too. I I'm still working on the logistics of figuring that out. I may have to fake <laughs> sick for a day and and hop on down there, but I will. Uh, 90% sure I will be there in some sort of fashion for you. So Garrett's manager is listening to this. He didn't really mean that. My manager does not even know I have a podcast. I don't think. Well, look, uh, we'll look, have to get you my... out here to run in the Smokies at some point. Maybe if we get uh, everyone else together to like run, do like a Lacant ride in December. Can, That'd be all right. We can get something together. Yeah. My manager, all of my managers, when I tell them that I, that I run these distances or attempt to run these distances. They're like, it's more than I drive in a week. The the typical response you get when you tell someone you run a hundred miles. So yeah. My most, one of my most recent managers heard about that. Uh, He was like, Oh, that sounds like some David Goggins stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That one I have not heard. I've not heard that one. What, what, (laughs) <laughs> kind of along those lines, I have like when I tell people like, oh, man, you must know David Goggins. No, I don't know David Goggins. I know who he is and I've read his book. But no, I don't know who David Goggins is. Like, I don't know him personally. Seen him running around town a, shirtless. I was about but, to say he used to live in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, he still comes back every now and then. Um, his mom used to live here. I don't think she does anymore, but he still comes back every now and then. Someone said they saw him running around um not Berry Farms, West Haven, I think. They saw him run around West Haven not too long ago. So, look, you see some jack dude running around shirtless in Middle Tennessee, odds are it's David Goggins. <laughs> but just, there there you go. So, the most I get is, well, I get the, I don't even drive that far in a week, or that makes me tired just thinking about running that far. And like, hey, your typical responses. So, yeah. But, all right, I think I'm going to put the pin on this one. Um, yeah. unless there's anything else that you think we need to cover, go over. I think Tunnel Hill is really, really kind of the, the focus of everything this week. Shout out to everyone who finished again, Kara. We're so proud of you. Way to get your, your hundred mile redemption after, uh, the bad taste that Yeti left in your mouth. Hope your feet, obviously, well, Will didn't say anything about your feet. So I'm, looks like your feet turned out okay on this one and, uh, hope your hamstring heals up good. So. Any closing thoughts? Any oh, man, we haven't done hot takes in a while. Do you have any hot takes? Any off the cuff hot takes? I feel like I had one earlier tonight that I thought about and said, "Oh, that's really good." I'm going to mention that on the show. 
of course, I didn't write it down anywhere, and now I'm just drawing a blank, so sorry. Man, hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me check the group chat. I'm sure I can find something to rile Jason's feathers a little bit. Do you think he's, how many times do you think he's seen a Godzilla over there in Japan? I don't know. Still, uh, Japan's overrated. That'd really ruffle his feathers. Look, all I'm going to say is that thing that he sent a picture of where I said, I'm going to, I'm going to find it and I'm going to say exactly what I said because that is exactly what it looked like. It, I think it's an octopus, right? Oh, yeah. So, so, so far, listeners, Jason's currently in Japan. He's having a great time. I don't we, know what we, we, I, we, we, we don't know if he's coming back. So, he's probably not. He's probably like every time he goes to New York, he starts looking for real estate over there. Um, <laughs> this is looks like a baby octopus covered in what looks like sriracha. I don't know as though it's sriracha, but I think that's just, like real. It looks like a, like a candy apple, but like an octopus yeah. in bright red. And he just said, this wasn't good. And it's I like said, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> I said, of course it wasn't. It looks like a testicle with charred scrotum on the bottom. <laughs> it looks like something they'd have to eat on the show Fear Factor. Oh, there more. you go. So my hot take is Japanese food that Jason sends us pictures of. I'm not thrilled <laughs> about going over there to eat it. I'm sure there is some stuff that is good, but the stuff he is sending us pictures of, I have no desire to eat. So I mean, sushi sounds delicious, but whatever that was, that, that doesn't look like food. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you, it looks like a testicle with charred scrotum on the bottom. So, which, that's, no, we're not going to go there. That's That's too much information. So... <laughs> until next time ladies and gentlemen thanks for hanging out with us tonight today whatever time of day you're listening to this thanks for hanging out with us uh in closing don't forget they are still active the three discount codes that we have trail trash um at swiftwick and scratch and trail lube at squirrels nut butter uh scratch and swiftwick that's 20 percent off your first purchase squirrels nut butter that's 20 percent off any purchase whether it's your first your 15th your 100th uh just remember trail lube is all caps in all one word trail trash uh is not all caps if you want to put it all caps i don't think it'll take it anyway uh but both of those are trail trash one word as well so until next time ladies and gentlemen garrett and john hanging out with you jason don't run into godzilla or any of his friends over there we'll see you guys next time